Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Hunters Hunted 2 Corruption. Join us as we tell the tale of four men bonded by their fear and hatred of the hidden monsters that reside in Washington, D.C. in September of 2009. Only time will tell of Jebediah, played by Adam B., Robert, played by Adam C., Walter, played by Chris, and Dr. Turner, played by Tillman, will survive together in this story ran by Andrew. Hunters Hunted 2 is a Vampire the Masquerade 20th Anniversary Edition expansion set in the world of darkness. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or find us on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. Dr. Turner, you are meeting your wife at what, what would we say? 7.30? I think I never even specified. Uh... Let's say it's like 7.30. Yeah. Can I have Let's dinner? Just... Mm-hmm. It's your barbecue place. She'll be meeting you there. So do you like have any kind of prep or anything like that you want to go through? Mm. I want to definitely, yeah, as I said, I want to make sure like this uh, has the best chance of ending up uh, a good night after all. So he'll definitely get dressed up nice, uh, use some cologne that, I don't know, maybe she bought for him or that she likes. Um, And he'll show up early a little bit and make sure. Um, that they've got a reservation and that it's not too crowded and weird. Yeah. Okay. You're at the place. You're you're early, and you're seated before she arrives. She, it doesn't take her too long to get there. You're not left waiting. And she comes. She's seen to the table. She gives you a smile as she comes up. And I would like you to roll mm-hmm. wits and empathy. Okay, wits I have one and empathy I have zero. Uh, what difficulty then? Uh, six. Okay, watch. She's really happy to see you. Nice. Like, really happy. She's so, like, this is like a very, like... Okay, let me play this out. Like, um, I probably, it hits me like she's uh, smiling at me. She's coming to meet me. Um, mm-hmm. I, like, stumble immediately into old manners, like, try to get up and... Uh, hug her in the way like I'm going in for a kiss and I guess it immediately gets awkward. Yeah, yes, yes it does. Yes it does. Uh, it does immediately get yes. awkward. Mm-hmm. And she, she just kind of like flinches a bit when you do but like and then okay you know relaxes and is kind of like okay and then sits down kind of slowly yeah. awkwardly kind of looking at you. Uh, but I guess uh, Greg you could picks up on that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Like you misju- you misjudge the smile, and then like you realize right after, like, oh, like this—that's awkward. So she kind of sits down, and she's just quiet. Maybe a little bit red too. Uh, sorry about that. It's okay. I'm glad you're here. It's good to see you. She kind of sighs and says, "Okay. Yeah. It's good to see you too." And then, like, right, right then, you know, like as soon as the most inopportune time waiters like in your business you know taking your orders you know how you know how waiters can be they just kind of like step in you're getting into the like you're you're like greeting each other you're in a conversation you're like trying to and then 
hey, can I, what can I do for you? You know, that kind of thing. So you take your, he takes your orders. Are you going to be drinking at all or no? Um, I'd probably look at her first, like how's she uh, acting or reacting to the waiter? Neutral, just like kind of like a, okay, okay right, let me just order something and get you out of my face. Yeah, maybe uh, uh, Greg can't really read it anyways. Okay, that's fair. So he'll, I'm wondering what's his drink at this place. It's a barbecue place. They've got they've got all kinds of stuff. They got a full bar. He's probably gonna order a beer. Yeah. Just just because it's what he does. Mm -hmm. So she'll have water, and she just orders water, and you know, you guys order your food and all that stuff. And after all the awkwardness, you're sitting there waiting. She kind of says, "So, I know this is kind of sudden, and I appreciate you." coming to meet me last minute like this. So she's kind of like looks at you for a moment, says, how are you these days? Mm, it's ups and downs, really. I've, I think I've found something maybe where I can find new work. Um, I'm working with a international research team. I'm learning a lot about uh, medicine. I think maybe I can start off new with that. That's good. I've, uh, uh, from my last job, I was able to manage to keep a friend and we hang out a little bit. So those are the good parts. But there's bad parts. Yeah, you know how it is. She kind of nods really like subtly and I do. I want to stop by the house and pick up some of my things. Greg will just sigh. Um, of course. Greg, I don't I don't think I'm coming back. I knew you'd say that. I knew it when you called. I knew it one month ago, really. I didn't And you kinda of see like tears kind of starting to form in her eyes. She's like yeah, I didn't... It's probably the same with him. Yeah. She's but... like I didn't I didn't want to do this, but I need to. Uh Greg will like wipe his face by trying to not show uh, it to her and to everyone else in the restaurant too much. And then, like, your waiter's there with, like, your food. And you're both kind of, like, trying to, like, you know, make yeah, sure like, this time, he's almost angry at him. Like, he doesn't want to show it at all, but like, he's like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, you, can you can go now. <laughs> you can roll your self-control if you want to see if, like, you can maintain your own composure and not uh, kind of, like, give him, like, a shitty, like... Just fucking go away, kind of way. Yeah, let's do that. What difficulty is that? I think self-control is different, right? Yeah, well, I mean, this should be kind of difficult, I think, for this scenario. So maybe a seven. Yeah, he. I guess he's insulting to me and, and insults rate pretty high. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the uh, general culture is like in other... Uh, I fail. <laughs> in European countries, but like... In America, a lot of times the the waiters and waitresses will be like up in your face sometimes to the point where it's like kind of annoying, and and he is annoying the shit out of you right now, and it kind of shows in the way you respond to him, and he's and and you can see like instantly he's like oh uh, here's your food and serves it to you as like quickly as he can and like he's out, he's gone does not bother you for the rest of the evening, but it it definitely 
showed in the way you responded to him that you were irritated with him coming up and interrupting. Yeah, Greg will be embarrassed by his reaction. Um, he'll try to compose himself for a moment and ask, so how have things been for you? I'm getting better. And he'll look almost that... hurt by that. Like, how can yeah. you do that? Like, how can you be getting better without me there? Yeah. Yeah. And he's kind of, uh, kind of hurt by that, I guess. And yeah. she, she sees that, right? Would that be like in his expression? Yeah. yeah totally. Okay. And she gives you like a sympathetic look and says, I'm going to try, but I still, I still need time. Okay. Just let me, let me try to move forward. Can you do that for me? Can you can you let me just move on? I will. I will let you do that. And she kind of gives you like a weak smile and says, "Thank you." And I think we can close that scene there. The rest of the evening is kind of like a uh, kind of awkward small talk, not too in depth, but she's very much uh, distant. Mm-hmm. What is going on in Doctor Turner's mind? I think he's probably been waiting on this day and dreading it and couldn't really um, and wouldn't really make it happen himself. And, um, now it's hitting him really hard, but... He's not showing it right away. Well, um, I, I think he's showing it, but he's not um, saying it. He's not really that uh, good uh, in, with words anyway, like... Uh, talking about his feelings yeah so he's basically like fighting with himself mostly during that evening okay okay with that depressing note <laughs> we will move <laughs> on to robert esposito so you have a full afternoon of looking into and researching this uh case you've been given you've been handed over as whatever however you want to handle it you can do whatever you want. Okay. So when I when I uh, when I walk out of the building with the case file, I go directly to my car, and I reach into the glove box and I I pull out another nip of vodka, and kind of just top off the remaining uh, third of coffee that I have in this this giant Seven Eleven mug, and I sit in the driver's seat. I don't turn the car on or even the battery, and I kind of just um, slide the seat back a little bit, and I I open up the folder, and I just want to I just want to gloss over what's inside of the folder while I'm kind of just in my car. Um, Robert sees his car as kind of like a second office. Um, the pressures of being in the office can sometimes get to him, and he likes being in his car because first of all he has. Um, easy access to just getting another drink. He's able to smoke cigarettes without anybody, you know, giving him a hard time or anything like that. So he sees the car as somewhat of an escape. And that was the most comfortable place he could think of to, to go in this moment. So he kind of um, goes to the side of the, of the seat and pulls the knob to set his, his uh, chair back a little bit. And he lights up a cigarette, um, opens the, uh, opens the door and just kind of, leaves it ajar instead of rolling the window down. Um, he's a big man, and this, this sedan is kind of, kind of a small space for him to 
for him to be in, but he finds it comforting. It's almost like it's a, you know, it's just like this, this tight, like safe area that he can, he can be in and kind of just like forget about everything else. So he's just going to open up the folder and not really looking at any of it in great detail yet. He's going to kind of just flip through and see what he's got. So you're looking at the physical file that you were given. Uh, and he did say, you know, you should have an email with like the relevant information. I have no idea how the FBI actually handles things like this. So I'm just kind of winging it on this. Same. Um, I would assume I also, I have like a Blackberry or something like that. Yeah. Some sort of phone that's high tech enough to, I can get my emails on it. There's smartphones in 2009. Mm-hmm. So you are taking a look and... It's an open case that is being investigated into, and the local authorities have come to like a roadblock. And like he said, like Carter said, it seems that there's uh, there might be some connections to some other cases. So th- it's a series of murders, okay? And each of these murders is unique in that the victims all share one specific quality that stands out immediately. And that all of these people are pastors or priests. So the there's four murders, and each one is from a local like church. The most recent being at uh, St. Patrick's Catholic Church, but there's a couple of others, you know. And the the victims like all their information and like the full like you know like crime scene photos and details of like. Everything is there. And all of these people were shot. You know, there's forensics information, everything you can draw upon. Any specific details you want to, like, look into? Um, I feel like that's a that's a pretty good primer for Robert right now, just to kind of get himself an idea of what's going on. So after his initial flip through, okay, we got some murders. Okay, all the, all the Vicks share the... What what the, all these Vicks have in common is that they're you know all all pastors. He's he's just got the basics, and he's like, okay, I'm yeah, going to show this pastors, to the guys. They've all been shot. He he knows that what he should do is just start looking into <clears throat> things, start going to crime scenes, start talking to people, start just diving into this file that he has in front of him. But he's reluctant because he he hasn't worked on anything like this by himself, especially worked on something this serious without uh, Walton. So he's he wants to he thinks he wants to show it to the guys. I think really he just wants to kind of head to the base and see if anybody else is there who who might like want to know about this, who might be willing to listen to him talk about this, you know? And even though it's one of those things he's like, I know I shouldn't talk about this open oh, he case. Knows. Yeah, he absolutely knows. He's just like this this is fucked, but maybe I could run this by Walt or some of the guys and just get their ideas, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he, he like uh, he operates on some gray areas every now and then when it comes to like following um, protocol, pr- following protocol. Exactly. So what he's probably going to do is, is put the key in the ignition, start the car up and he's going to head to Jeb's, but. He wants to he wants to stop at a liquor store and and um, maybe grab a six pack before he goes down there and not not show up empty handed, not even sure if anybody is is there at the moment you know he just figures maybe 
one of the guys is there, or maybe I could just get some peace and quiet at the base. Either way, he's he's feeling so antsy about just having this dropped on him that he's got to go. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say that um, for convenience sake, you spend a little bit of time kind of looking over the files and you can meet up with them like while there's actually like people there to interact with and talk to. Power of storytelling. So, yeah, he, he would have just stopped at like any kind of convenience store that sells alcohol, grabbed a, a six-pack of Budweiser, um, put it in the seat next to him, uh, definitely would have bought some snacks as, as a compulsive eater, probably like a bag of chips or something like that. Um, and he's just, he's just driving to, uh, to Jeb's. Okay. So we can skip to that where you are arriving and it is, you know, like, like I said earlier, maybe like five thirty ish, somewhere around there. Maybe you get there after they've, the others have already kind of got together and started talking a bit and going on their spiels about nine eleven conspiracy theories. Right. Um, and you know, you pull up and you see that, uh, others are here already you recognize so what i probably would have done is um out of out of respect for for jeb and just wanting to help him keep his privacy i i park somewhat away from jeb's house always so i'll park like a a lot further down the street and i kind of just hoof it to to jeb's so i probably would would maybe hear the conversations as i'm starting to uh to get closer so i got the the folder in one hand and i got this um six pack of beer underneath the other arm probably actually just a paper bag with with some beer and some snacks on top and he's just kind of just walking up to to jeb's what kind of car do you drive oh uh, just a black sedan probably would be i'm trying to think if if agents like all drive like a field agent it probably would be like a black lincoln you know might kind of look like a cop car might just be a black car like it's one of those ones where you see it in the rear view and you're like you are worried for a second, but just you know, for a brief moment, you don't know. Yeah. yeah. I would say it'd be cool almost like we had security cameras in the front of the shack, and there's like a little security camera monitor in the kitchen yeah. drinking beer, and we see him come walking up. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, so okay. he comes walking up. You're like, you're aware of him before he gets there. So I kind of um, look at Jebediah. And, and for the record, too, like my guy probably, um, I don't know if they would notice, but he's definitely not going to mention at all like he's never told them about iris he's never you know what i mean said any of that shit so like what the text message he got right now he's keeping close hold you know what i mean he's not gonna like tell anyone so you might look a little antsy too but um i look at the security camera and i look at jeb jebediah i'm like i'm like looks like robert's here i'll go greet him at the door carry on i like turn around and just walk towards the front wait 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 I stop. I turn around. Look. Yes. Yeah, we'll walk over to the fridge, pull out a beer, hand it to you. Give him this when he gets in. I uh, will do that, Jebediah. I will do that. And I just kind of like grab the beer and turn around and walk towards the door. <laughs> so about them gay frogs. Yeah, just, yeah. Tell me. Tell me. He's enthralled. <laughs> so I kind of like open the door and kind of like stand in the doorway while I watch like Robert do the last heavy breathing steps, you know, up to the up to the front door. And I'm wiped out by the time I get to that front door. I've already loosened the shirt a few buttons. And you can see I got I got sweat all on my forehead. And he's just huffing and puffing. And when he finally gets to the top steps, he sets the bag down 
and just kind of bends over holding his knees, just like trying to catch your breath and just not even, not even looking up at Walter. He just says, Walter and gives a nod. Here, hydrate yourself, Robert. Looks like you need something to drink. And I hand him like an open Paps blue ribbon can. From the kitchen, you'll hear Jeb. It's better than water. Robert will, will smile and, um, he'll tell Walter I'm on, I'm on the clock right now. And then kind of just like takes it from his hand anyways as like a no you ain't just kidding like but I mean he's he'll try to like put on the the illusion you know in front of other people that he doesn't do things that he's not supposed to but he's he's been drinking since he started his day you know that first cup of coffee he got he he threw some booze in it right off the bat so that's just kind of how he how he lives so but yeah um, he he wouldn't even mention that he had already already brought beer and these guys have it anyways, he would just um, kind of hand it to Walter and start to make his way uh, through the door. And he'd ask Walter, does Jeb have any company right now? Yes. He does have a friend of his who's Hey, you want the possum or the deer? Because I got both. (laughs) And I think I got some fish in here. We're going to grill in a minute. I'd prefer venison. (laughs) Jebediah venison, if you would. Okay. Robert, have a seat. And we have company who's not as educated as us. Let me go throw this, chill this inside the fridge. And uh, you and I can exchange some words. Well, please sit down. And I motioned to like that old, like probably reclining, like love seat chair that Jebediah has. It has like springs that are like almost about to break through the fabric or something like that. Robert will take the uh, folder and just kind of set it underneath something where it'll kind of blend in with maybe the clutter because he doesn't want to he doesn't want to be caught off guard and maybe be asked about what he's got in his hands so he in a way hides it not like not like hides it but just like sets it down maybe puts a magazine on top of it or something like that or you know was that was that after i walked away or was that before i walked away that was before you walked away like he's he's not he's not trying to not trying to hide it from you. Like he came there to talk uh, to you about it or maybe yeah. talk to Jeb about it. But since he can see that there's other people there, he's going to put it away for now. He doesn't want it to you can, come up at all. You can see like there's a moment because like we kind of described like the slight relationship that you and I both had where like you've been kind of like a source a little bit. And you see when he's, when Walter sees you put that folder into the magazine, you see him stop for a second. He like eyes it all like, like a drug you would eye a crack rock, you know, and then he like pulls himself back for a second. He nods to you like very slightly and he turns around and he walks in the kitchen. He's like, uh, Jebediah, you're going to be taking your friend out there to the grill with you. Yeah. If he wants to come, Hey, you should go out there, get some fresh air. And all I, right, I we'll, we'll get that thing fired up. All right. All right. Definitely. I, I just want to take a moment to kind of set the scene for the, uh, how it is like the just overall like weather of the, of the area right now. In September, it's it's relatively cool. It's not too hot. It's in the like mid 60s and really just like very humid, so it warms it up a bit. So it's it's comfortable. It's cloudy, and it's not too stifling. But if you're like wearing like jackets, you're going to be a little a little uncomfortable. So you can uh, short sleeves can work just fine, and it feels good. It's a uh, perfect weather for sitting on a porch, sitting on sipping on some uh, sweet tea. So I go throw the beer in the fridge and i kind of like look to make sure that jebediah is out there grilling and his friend nate nate was his friend's name right nathan grilling with them so i kind of like turn and i walk back uh and i sit down on the couch 
right you know next to the seat that i take it that um that mr uh, robert is sitting in and i just kind of like look at him for a second look at the folder and look back at him for a second just to kind of see if i can kind of gauge his like how his demeanor is at the moment after he sinks into this uh either chair or or couch seat he, you just see him he just kind of like ah and he takes a handkerchief out of his jacket pocket and he's he's just wiping his head catching his breath and um he makes he makes eye contact with you again and he you know he can i would assume if you want me to roll for this i will but i i can assume that you're i can read this interest that you have in in the what i just put away yeah he's not hiding his feelings yeah. right now yeah he's obviously making it known that he's interested what's sitting there between characters, I'm not going to make y'all real stiff if you don't want to. It's not cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not trying to hide it. I'm definitely, but I'm respecting you because I think that, like, first of all, Walter respects everyone in the group. You know what I mean? Because you guys, we are all ha- have had our eyes open, but he especially knows that you're in the most. He looks at you more, even than him, as being in the front lines because you are in the belly of the beast. You're a federal agent, you know what I mean? And you're like, and, and of course the government's controlled by evil entities. So you're, you're, you're like, you know, he, he respects when you bring stuff to him now, you know, stuff like that. He'll, um, he'll kind of point over at the stack of magazines that he hid the file under and he'll just say, we'll talk later. And he gets up from the chair and, and takes his jacket off. You can see the, the, pit stains in his dress shirt and um this like loosened tie that he just kind of does enough where he can just like pull it off and he he folds them neatly and and sets it down somewhere where it won't bother anybody and he just goes let's go up back and see what grow see what jeb's grilling up you sure this can wait robert yeah it's hey it's it's yeah it can wait well i have somewhere to be tonight so hopefully hopefully this nathan guy will leave but yes, we'll talk about it later. Smart move. Listen, it's look. not it's nothing that pertains to uh us. Oh. It's just been a while more. since I listen, it's been a while since I had a murder case. And you know, I was hoping maybe you guys would kind of maybe help me sift through this. They're they're putting you back in the field, I take it then. He just nods. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like you're ready? Of course I'm ready. It's my job. No offense. And you, you'd probably be able to just read right through it that he's just like, fuck. Robert, I don't understand the self-doubt that I always seem to feel radiates from you at times. You do realize, Robert, that you are a soldier in an unseen war, right? You put your life at risk more than any of us in this cause of ours. He shakes his head and kind of just uh, cuts you off, and he's just like, "Yes, yes, I know, Walter. I, we've we've been through all this." And he's just kind of going like, "Oh, you know," in his head, he's like, "Oh, that's Walter." Just you know, Robert, his craziness. <laughs> Robert, I really wish you would take my advice and take like thirty days off. We could do a peyote trip at the beginning of your thirty days off. Jesus Christ, you... Walter! Enough of that shit. All right. But by the time you get back off your vacation, it will be out of your system and you will not fill your your analysis. And together we can answer these Uh, questions that I know is in your brain. You may look at me like I am insane, but but Robert, Robert, Walter, come on. Okay. It's just like, 
You've you probably talked to him about this like a lot. <laughs> and, it's um, probably a conversation they've had like over and over and over again. So yeah, but replace. Well, I'm well, um, sorry. Well, Robert uh, really does enjoy vices and stuff like that. He totally sees um, like drugs, like hallucinogens or marijuana or anything like that as kind of just like that's for out there hippie type people you know and that is just not something he's into at all he's probably dabbled a little bit with cocaine and stuff like that maybe during his younger years maybe even now who knows but maybe he definitely have had that class of substances as um hippie stuff no way I could picture you and I having a couple nights where we were like going over files, like all coked out, you know, because cocaine's out of your system in a few days and just like, you know, oh man, did you see, like, look at this right here, love this last video. Like, that's where Walter usually is well composed, but when he gets like high on coke, like he was earlier today, he gets really like, talks really fast, really fast. And, and Robert <laughs> would be the kind of guy who's like, like, hell no, don't do drugs, don't do coke, but like you would probably offer it to him like, every now and then and he's just like oh, fuck it and just ends up doing cocaine with you and ends up you know going on this crazy conspiracy bender where you just in like a, a cocaine fueled like intensity you just we just devour files and and uh, information and just try to try to figure stuff out you know try to find the truth definitely i put like a warm reassuring hand on his shoulder as we walk out there and Let's go try some of that venison. I'm a, I'm a rather, I've always been a fan of venison. I've never had possum though. Hello folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite white wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussions so that your media could get the attention you want. Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called White Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. <laughs> The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing.
The Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. But why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels. The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more. <laughs>